we up to the Mishnah Tesvav. Until now we have learned the members of Hillel, Azakel, and like all the other Dairis beforehand, Hillel also had a Zug. He also had a partner, so to speak, which as Maral explained meant uh, somebody who worked together with him in leading Klai Yisrael at Vashamah. Sensei Vashamah says, Shammai Oimer, also three things, Asayi Teres Chakeva, make your Torah something permanent, Emor Ma'at Vasei Arbei, speak a little and do a lot, and greet every person with a smile, with a pleasant expression. What's the connection between these three statements? Why was this a lesson specifically that we needed to learn from Shammai? And how does this fit in? With what we know about Shammai from the Gemara. What the Gemara tells us about Shammai is that he was middle was he was a captain, which means somebody who was aimed uh, on what he wanted as being done right, and something which wasn't uh, correct, so he didn't change, he didn't, so to speak, move better on his principles. Why were these then the, method, the lessons which we learned from Shammah? The already taught us a lesson that is whenever we have a Zug, so one was a Nasi, the other one was an Avbasti. The Nasi always came from the point of view of the Ava, and the Avbasti always came from the angle of the year. So here it works very well. Hillel, as you know, was a Nasi, and therefore we understand his middle was made of Ava, of Ivis Abrius. Shammai was the Avbasti, and therefore we understand his middle was the middle of year. As the Mara says, let's see inside. The teaching, his instruction was based on his midah. In every zug, in every group of two leaders that Christ will head, so the Avbeistin always looked at it from the point of view of what a person shouldn't do, what a person should avoid. And therefore he also, The person should make his Torah fixed, which means that when, if a person makes himself a set time to learn or a set amount to learn, so now he has to make sure not to go against that. He must make sure not to, so to speak, let loosen his standards or lower his level of what he's able to do. So that's, on the one hand, setting the standard is positive, but then it comes with the warning, the restraint not to lower one's standard. Number two, a more might say Similarly, when it comes to speaking, the more a person says, the more you obligate himself to, and therefore there's more of a danger that he won't fulfill his commitments. Similarly, when it comes to greeting everybody pleasantly, it would be considered to insult somebody if he doesn't even get a greeting. And therefore, this is also a certain commitment that a person has to other people not to demean them, not to insult them and uh, that's, that's the third lesson of Shammai and that is that by virtue of the fact that he's a person who deserves a greeting not to greet somebody is demeaning there's a famous story they say about Rabbi Shol Salant at this time of year which was his way out of Shachris and he greeted somebody as he walked past him 
and the man being all focused on and caught up in his preparations in the room, uh, was too, uh, so to speak, focused on the fact that it's a Sesame Shiva to greet for Israel. And Rabbi Israel made a comment in which has become an oft quoted refrain in the world of Musa, and that is, I'm not to blame that for you as a Sesame Shiva. Which means that the person has a certain responsibility to other people also. Definitely one of them is to greet somebody, or at the very least to return the greeting. And if that's an obligation to someone else, so just because I happen to be concerned about my elu or my service is not a reason not to uh, extend the greeting to someone else. So the morale explains all these three things in the terms of of it's an obligation which a person is to make sure to fulfill his obligations. Whereas Hillel went the other way around. Hillel said a person should actively pursue peace. And uh, that's the other middle, the middle of Avo. And obviously, a person who's like that, uh, who's looking for to be rid of Shalom, isn't somebody who's going to be Omid al who's going to stand on his rights. That's uh, maybe the antithesis of Shalom. Part of being somebody who pursues shalom is that a person is willing to forego what's coming to him or overlook his right in order to, for the sake of the greater good which is for making, making or preserving peace. The idea of peace is I'm willing to make concessions or forgive somebody else. Hillel the Gemara gives us a prime example of a person who was able to overcome any kind of hakpada, any reason for anger against anyone else. Of course, Shammai also agrees that Hillel's middah is a good middah, but that's as regards other people. And if I have a complaint against somebody else, or I have a reason to be disappointed, or maybe even angered by somebody else, I look, I look to overlook it and forgive them for the sake of peace. But there's a balance that mirrors too. But the fact that a person completely overlooks his, what, what, his, anything which is done against him is not always a good thing. And to make a hanhaga which is all based on complete vitter, which means always giving up on everything, never standing up for something. And when it comes, it's not always good, because when it comes to then a person needs to make standards she's not going to move out In other words, if it was just a middah of um, a person doesn't take things seriously, and therefore it's very easy, very easy for me to forgive, now I'm going to take a very nonchalant attitude, or a very laid-back attitude, and it's okay, everything's fine, I'm very accepting, and I get disappointed easily and accept everything, that same middah can bring a person to lower his standards of Torah because it's all okay and what I do, I do, and that's okay. I don't have to push myself too much. I don't have to expect too much. I can have that, that, that's a negative, so to speak, other side of that middah. And that's what the Shammai says, that there needs to be a second middah too. That's a Kevin. Which means in Torah is something which is fixed. I'm not going to I'm not going to change my whatever my set schedule of learning is 
I'm not quick to move out and uh, give up on it and you know, and and uh, lose something which I'm which I'm meant to be uh, firm in maintaining. And therefore, if a person is going to be also so easy going about if a person won't have any time which is set for learning because you know, this is the time I'd like to, but it's okay, something else happens, and I have to deal with that, whatever the case may be. It's not the right thing to do. When it comes to other people, and it's true that being a vater and not being insistent on what's, what what's one's one's rights are is important. They understand people aren't constant, people aren't fixed, and therefore people can change. And therefore have to be willing to accommodate people and be willing to change what I expect them as well. And that's only when it comes to things which are negated to me. When it comes to things in this world, you understand the person is a person, the person isn't something which is necessarily set in stone, people change, people do things, uh, which could be different, and whatever the case is, that's the reason why we say that there's a reason for him to not be on Midasa. Whereas the turn of the mitzvahs which aren't based on people which are likely to change, rather they're based on the emis which is fixed, if that's the case, a person's attitude should be the same. And when it comes to Torah, he's fixed, it's unbending, he's not going to change at all his standards. And therefore he's not going to give up on something which was a kvias by him, which was a set time or set thing to do. Only when it's worry for the seichel, that uh, that in justifies him changing his his set kvias, not just because it's easier for him or because he's not that kavod that he can't change when he wants to. That's the first point of Shammai, and that is when it comes to the Shmaya, a person is meant to be firm and un- unyielding. And the second point, when it comes to saying a little and doing a lot, that was the end of the road. It's not right that a person says more than they do. Because if a person, what a person says is meant to be something which is not changeable, so that's the case. A person should make sure that what he's going to say is what he's going to be able to accomplish. Because otherwise, what a person says is also something which is easily changeable, then it lessens the power of what he says from something which is sikhli, which is fixed, something which is depending on his nature, depending on circumstances, which is physical. Just like when it comes to Torah itself, it doesn't change anything. When a person talks about Torah, it should be the same attitude of not changing. And now the Mara explains what this is Shammai's Midah. If Naki Midah Shammai Shai Kaptan, Lachal Kaptan Makbid Mamma Midah Sarashanis. The nature of the Gemara of Shammai was that he was a captain, somebody who is very strict, which means he, don't, he doesn't want things to change, they have to be a certain way. When it comes to Torah, a person is strict with himself, 
in order to make sure they don't change their standards or they don't change their schedules, so they don't waste their time, whatever the case might be. So in areas like that, the middle of kaftanus, which is to be insistent of doing things a certain way and not being willing to yield so quickly, is a good middle. We said, if a person isn't going to act like that, when it comes to Ruchnius, then, then going, the same thing is going to happen, which means his Ruchnius is also going to be haphazard. Sometimes he will, and sometimes it doesn't work out, and sometimes it's difficult, and therefore a person is too quick to levata. And Ruchnius means that he's losing the level of Ruchnius that he's able to achieve. Just a story on that point, which made it very real to me. A certain kufa there was in London, and I was learning with a certain chash uh, in, in in London. I was there for some time, so we had a chavrusa every day from 10.30 until 12.30 when we used to go and give a shit. Until then, and people used to come and ask him questions, and it was more than halachic questions, it was more like asking for personal advice on a range of issues, medical issues and family issues and shalabayis issues and chinuch issues. Each person came with their whole litany of words and problems and they, they asked him for direction. And I know because while he was speaking to people in his living room, there was a small room on the side where I would sit and would learn until he was right there with me at 10.30. And sometimes I could have heard the stories. Anyway, 10.30 came, the last person left. We have in the Gemara, and straight away, let's go back to the Tosos we were learning. So one time, I interrupted him, and said, uh, I want to ask a lesson, and I consider something I need to learn. And that is, how do you find it possible to have heard so many stories of heartbreak and sorrows and uh, all the problems people are facing, and uh, you're involved in them, and you're listening to them, and you're feeling for them, and you're trying to help them, and then suddenly, 10.30, Go up in the Gemara and everything gets erased if it doesn't happen. You can focus fully on the Gemara. So he told me a lesson which was really a life lesson. At the time he said to me, he said, David, if you don't teach yourself that when it comes time to learn, you're able to put everything else out of your mind and just focus on your learning, then you'll never be able to learn again when you, if you want to become a rough. Which is exactly 100% true. If a person's going to be so involved with everybody else's virus uh, you know, or everyone else's problems, everybody else who needs help, to the extent that it's going to take over your mind, then you won't be able to learn again. And therefore, a person has to be able to compartmentalize their also. That's part of Teros Chokeva. When the time to learn, then it's not just that I keep the time to learn and I open the Gemara as the clock strikes the beginning of Seder. It's also that I can make a kvias in the learning, and therefore I can put other things out of my mind, so that now that I'm learning, I'm going to be able to learn and focus on learning, and not get distracted. But that goes back. That's going back to the first kvias of Shana. The second thing he said was a kvias of not to say more than you have to. And then said, don't do more. You can do as much as you want. I say harbe, but don't say more than you need to. And the third thing he says. We have a Makabalist called Adam Seva for him. Yafos, but Gambazesh Shame Nimshach and Midasa. Kimidas Hilosh Midasa Hashulaya Echod Amil Amidasa, Vilayel Kfed of Shem Dava, and Hilal, whose middle was to be Mavatar always, not to get angry, 
So then for him, you don't have to talk about the importance of being feeling pleasantly. It's, it's, the, his middle of Elon Chaveri encompasses much more than that. The Fikach Ain Kpedalze Imloy Kabbalos of Sefer Parim Yafos Ain Hakpedalze. That's not something which a person is going to look to be Makpid about in the scale of things. He was greeted with happy, he wasn't greeted with happy. That's not something which is worthy of taking issue about or making a stand about. Even though it's true that if a person shouldn't look to be aggrieved by the fact that he wasn't so he greeted as he wanted to be. From the person who's greeting somebody else, so from his point of view, you should be careful. And she makabel kolam zev parim yafos. I can't rely on the other person to be better for me not to act the way I'm meant to act. And therefore, if I'm meant to act the way I'm meant to act, if I'm meant to act the way I'm meant to act, then that's mechayev me to greet other people pleasantly, whether they're going to take a front if I don't or not. We have both together, it's very good. In other words, they complement each other. When it comes to what other people do to me, so then I learn the middle of Hillel, and there's not to take a front, and not to be upset. Whereas when it comes to the middle of the other, but the person's meant to stand up for Shemai. Even if I'm not a chaver and I know that the other person won't be mad if I don't do something, I will have to be mad. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't do it. If it's the right thing to do, I should be able to do it. And therefore, we do keep the shamei shalei makbid. The chen dibe musa shal shamei ki yase teras ekeva yakbid shalei shanei. A person should make set times and make sure not to change that. Yakav will call Adam seven point of view first. Similarly, from my point of view, I should make sure to greet everybody else. Pleasantly, not because other person would necessarily take a front if I don't. From my point of view, it's what I need to do. So from the Maral told us a starting point, which I'd like to elaborate on to understand that. What the Maral told us about Shammai is that Shammai's middle is to be Makbid. And he's telling us it's a place for Akpada too. And the place for Akpada is the middle of the Shmaya. And the person has to maintain his standards, not be too quick to relinquish them. Whereas when it comes to the Nalmachaveroi, then it's different. Then Adrabba. It makes for more shalom if a person is less insistent on, so to speak, his rights and what he deserves. That's what the morale says, but that's explain the Mishnah. What's the connection between these three different things that Shammai says and how they all fit together? Again, that a person should make his Torah a kava, that a person should speak a little and do a lot, and that a person should greet other people favorably, or pleasantly. So let's explain a bit of a background, which I think explains Shami very well. We know, famously, that there are two areas that a person is judged on, that a person has to uh, work on and perfect it. The one area we call Benadim Namakam, which is the way a person acts towards Hashem. Another one is called Ben Rechaveri, which is the way a person acts towards other people. In the category of Ben Rechaveri, between how a person acts towards Hashem, are all those mitzvahs which are 
kept because we understand that's what Hashem wants us to do, and therefore our reason for keeping the mitzvahs is to fulfill what Hashem wants. The mitzvahs with Adam Rechavei Rechavei are the mitzvahs which are chesed based, stalker based, and it's based on the needs of somebody else. The truth is, there's a third category also. Maybe not as well known, but it's also a very big part of a person's responsibility, of a person's mission. And that is what we call an Adam Rechavei. And Adam Rechavei means what a, what a person owes themselves, as it were. Which means a person's responsibility to his own growth and to his own perfection, and to his own character development. That's the third area. It's actually an amazing thing to think about. The Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah that on Rosh Hashanah the, dig- the judgment of Rosh Hashanah is called All the inhabitants of the world pass in front of Hashem like B'nai Moran. And the Gemara says, What are B'nai Moran? And the Gemara gives three answers. The one answer the Gemara gives is that it's Miran is what we call the Miran. It's like a place high up in the mountains and if there was a path leading up to Har Miran so then it would be a single file path which means everyone would have to walk one after the other one and that would be the example of how Hashem judges each person it means each person by themselves there's a second example uh, understanding the Gemara gives for this idea of Benel Miran and that is it says like sheep which I'm trying to count so all the sheep are in the stable and the coral and I open a small gate and the sheep will go out one by one by one and I count them as they go out. Something like I used to do for my Sibahema that they used to let all the sheep out of the pen one at a time to count for each tenth sheep. And then the last minute of Nebaran is like the Khayalos of Shalbis David, like the soldiers of David's army. And many explanations have already been given what's the comparison of the Rosh Hashanah to the, how we judge by Hashem to these three things. But I just think that based on the Understanding we've just come to, we can understand it very well. And that is the three areas where a person is judged in Rosh Hashanah. He's judged for his performance with Adam Namakam, he's judged for his performance with Adam Nechavere, and he's judged for his performance with Adam Nachman. Now in the area of Adam Namakam, so it's easy to understand, did a person obey Hashem, we're looking at him as a soldier. Just like soldiers are judged for their obedience to their superior officers and to the general, and then same thing, a person is judged in Rosh Hashanah, for his obedience to his commanding officer, which is Hashem. That's one judgment of Rosh Hashanah. There's a second judgment of Rosh Hashanah, which is a person's judge how he relates to others. And that's uh, the marshal given to the flock of sheep, which we know that the dinner of a flock of sheep is that they always stand together as a flock. Our merit in Rosh Hashanah as part of a rabbi is how we connect to the rabbi. And then lastly, there's the third of their own ra'atzma, how much a person in his own right grew, how much he was meant to grow or achieve what he was meant to achieve. And that's like the, the traveler who's climbing on his own. Haimurat, we can judge how much he's climbed, how much he's supposed to go. That's the three perspectives of, of how a person is judged. Now, what Shalom came to tell us is the following. And this is the biggest side in the virus Hashem altogether. Really, it's brought Rabbeinu Tam and Sefer Ayyashar and something which is often spoken about. And that is, how do we define a person's real level of Avedis Hashem? Because by nature, people change. In the times that they do things better, in the times that they do things a bit worse. So when we're going to decide, that's the real level a person's holding by. Now we have a new story from Rabbeinu Tam. 
He brings in Sefer Yashar. There was something which is a life lesson. Rabbi Natham says, the nature of people is that they don't remain the same always. Not everybody is always inspired, enthusiastic. A lot of their times, the times when a person is motivated, inspired, and the times when a person feels down and feels it's difficult. And Rabbi Natham says, the Chachma of Odis Hashem is knowing how to work with the natural, so to speak, state that the person's in. And therefore, when a person's feeling enthusiastic and inspired and motivated, of course, try to do more, try to do better, try add. Let's take a step ahead, climb higher. When a person's not naturally feeling inspired and motivated and things are difficult and they're feeling down, so then that's not the time to try and force somebody to step up. On the contrary, a person's struggling to maintain what he's already doing. And the nature of a person is to do less, so to speak, to take a step backwards. And the Rabbi says, therefore, the avoider, what he calls the times when people find it difficult, they're struggling, is not to give up what they've already achieved. And now the Rabbi says an amazing thing. He says that Hashem created a person like that, but it has to be like that. Because when a, there's two parts to a person's avoid. The one part is when a person tries to go further, to climb higher. But if it, what would happen was that a person would step ahead when it's going well and step back again when things get difficult, he's always in the same place. He just shakes it, no, that kind of leans to the one side and leans back to where he was before. What makes the person grow is a twofold, two step of taking a step forward, then making sure not to take a step back, holding on to what a person did. And the way a person achieves that is that they. When they're inspired, they want to grow, so they do more. And now, even when it gets difficult, I don't give up on what I've done. Because if a person is going to give up on what they did, so then they'll never grow. It's, everything is just depends on how they feel. You know, sometimes they do better, sometimes worse, but they keep going round and round, so to speak, the same area again and again. Whereas if a person is able to move forward, and then hold on to what he's achieved, even when it's difficult, that's the way that he's not going to lose what he's achieved, and he's, he, he brings up, so to speak, the lowest point. He brings up the baseline, that brings him to a higher level. Let's just say it. Let's just say it. Uh, when a time tells us, is the way that a person grows. It needs two parts to grow. The part of Ava, which is what pushes me forward, propels me ahead, makes me do better, and then the second part is the part of when it's difficult for me, but I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to surrender what I've gained, and therefore I make it mine. That way I hold on to it. And with this you said in mind, there's a tremendous lesson over here. Going back to what the morale taught us beforehand, and that is that the Zugas worked as a partnership. The one promoted the side of Avas Hashem, and the other focused on the element of Yira. So we see an amazing point over here. And that is there's the element of Ava. That a person can try to do better, and a person can try advance, and a person can try to grow higher. But the second part of Avodah Hashem, which is what makes the level real, what cements a person's dedication to something, is the era. Which means it's something I'm not prepared to give up on under any circumstances. It's something which has become mine. Let me give an example. I remember years ago, there was a time in the mirror where a few young people in the mirror died. 
suddenly, tragically, when they were still young. And they had an, uh, a terrorist chizuk in the mirror. And the question was, people should take on as a source. So one of the speakers mentioned the Gemara, which says that in the time of David HaMelech, there was a tzkofa where a hundred Yidin were dying a day. I must understand something. If these had been people who had been doing something clearly wrong, so then we would have known what they're being punished for. If that's the case, David would have looked to institute something in that particular area which would have helped people improve themselves. But it wasn't the case. There were a hundred Jews dying, and David didn't know a specific reason why. And therefore he instituted a new Takana. And the Takana was to make Meir Brachas, to make a hundred Brachas every day. And that was meant to be a way to provide a schos, to counteract the Kitrug, whatever it might have been, the accusation against the Jewish people, which was causing a hundred Yidin to die. So the speaker suggested that if it's a time later where people see how people are dying, for no apparent reason, we should be mechazek and making a hundred Brachas a day. And he asked people to commit themselves and to sign that they were going to undertake to say hundred brachas a day. Now the truth is it's not so difficult most days. Because once you finish with the regular davening of Shmona Esri three times, we're already holding about 92. And if a person just eats a normal amount or goes to the bathroom, whatever it is, it's not hard to make up the hundred. Uh, Shabbos is more difficult because we have a shorter Shmona Esri. But on the other hand, you have the extra meal. And therefore Shabbos, we're missing about 20 brachas, which if a person plans... You can try and make up the extra brachas in Shabbos. The one day a year it's actually absolutely impossible is Yom Kippur. Because Yom Kippur we don't eat and we only have a short on Meshrei. And therefore we're missing way too many brachas to make up 100 brachas. But besides Yom Kippur, it's something which if a person plans, it is possible to do every day. Anyway, going back to the story. So this particular speaker asked that everybody commits himself to 100 brachas a day. The, when the, the paper was passed around for people to sign up, so the person, a friend of mine next to me, signed right away and gave it to me to sign. And I said, no, I'm, I'm not ready to sign. I have to think about it. So what do you mean? You just have a schuss it is, and we need a schuss. Just, just you know, do it. He said, it's a commitment. And one has to think, you know, if, you, if you're ready to take on the commitment. Okay. So I thought about it. And I also went through this question, when's it going to be easy, when's it going to be hard? And in those days, where they aren't automatically under brachas, do have the ways to make it up easily enough? I'll be able to do it, and day or two later I went to the Shiva office where the list still was, and I joined it as well. But the point of the story is about two weeks after that, I met the same friend. Just in the minute, we have a lunch together, and I asked him, how's it going with 100 brachas? He said, right. So, I said, remember, there was this thing in the minute, to commit yourself 100 brachas, oh, right, 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 of course, yeah, 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 yeah. So I didn't have to answer the question anymore, how's it going? So I told him, that's the difference. If a person commits himself right away to things without thinking about it, so it's, it's easy to commit, but it doesn't doesn't last. And so a person has to think before you commit yourself, it means I'm going to be always able to do this, and then I have to think that it's something I can do before I run ahead and do something. And that's the same you said. You may have a person inspired and ready to go and take on and do more, which is great. But if it's not something which a person has the commitment, or has thought about how am I going to maintain this, it's a lot of inspiration, highly motivated to start, and it doesn't last. How many people start that Yomi cycle? How many people, what's the Yom Kippur? They're on to, uh, full of steam ahead, all the energy into some new project. And most of these things peter out within a few days, if not quicker. And the reason is because they had the Ava, they had the motivation, they had the inspiration. 
they didn't have the second part. They didn't have the commitment which was going to ensure that they make sure that they keep what they do. They hold on to what they do. And they don't lose it. And that's why one of the main reasons the Valley Musa said that if a person is looking to undertake something new, it should be first something that a person is checked that they'll be able to maintain. Because a small step which I hold on to is a step up. Whereas a huge leap, which I'm just going to fall back again, I haven't gone anywhere. And that's the episode of Shana. The middle of being Makbit, when it's used positively, the Shem Shemaim, is to insist on the standard. But not necessarily from other people. It's from myself. I'm going to insist that I keep up to a certain standard. I'm going to make sure that I don't lose what I've gained. And that's what Shama comes to teach us. Shama's rule is, when you do things, do them in a way where you're going to hold on to them. Do them in a way where they're going to become yours and remain yours. And you're not going to lose whatever you gain. And we said that the three different areas of Avodah Hashem, namely, in these three areas, Shama looks to show us how he's going to find a case where there's a way to be koveya level, a way to, to establish it that it's something which is a part of us, that has a certain permanence to it. You're not going to lose it again. So the first one is obvious when it comes to Bilalim Lamakam, is terror. And of course, if people were done when they're inspired to learn, when they're in the feeling to, they're enjoying it, or when they're hearing a fantastic shir, whatever the case may be, so then sometimes the person is very taken with the beauty of Torah and very much enjoying what he's learning. But there are times when it's difficult and other things in a person's mind and they have lots to do. And in times like that, he's not going to have time to learn. And therefore, the Shammah says the first thing is, say Torah is for Kaaba. If you want to make sure you're always going to keep your connection to Torah, then it has to be something which is a Kaaba. It has to be something which is fixed and is unchangeable. That's the first point. The second point is, and then, regardless of the circumstances and regardless of how the person is feeling, there's a kever. Whether it's the day, whether it's the amount of learning, whether it's the topic, whatever it's going to be. It makes a kvirs, it makes something which is fixed out there every day. It's famous. The Meshapir himself said, one of the biggest advantages of the Daf Yomi is the fact that it forces people to learn every day. And it's so true, because without that commitment, there will be so many days where it's just inconvenient. Or people are busy, or it's vacation, or it's Erev Yom Kippur, whatever the case may be, and it wouldn't happen. And it's a commitment which ensures that people are learning every single day. When it comes to Ben Adam La'atzmai, so the Shem Shammai tells something incredible, and that is Emar Ma'at. Emar Ma'at. Because one of the levels of a person's self, so to speak, growth, a person's individual, personal level, is... How much he keeps what he commits to do. And therefore, the more a person commits to, the more difficult it is to be able to keep it up. And therefore, making very big promises or undertaking enormous projects is commit a guarantee that a person is not going to be able to follow through. And a person is letting himself down. He's lowering his own standard of being able to maintain his commitments. And therefore, Shammai says, you have these big ideas, and you have these tremendous pro- no, uh, goals that you want to achieve, do it. I say harbay. Do a lot. But don't commit yourself to it. What you commit yourself to, what you say, that's a commitment. And therefore, a marmat. Only, only say something which you know for sure you're going to be able to maintain. I'm never going to lower, let down my expectation of myself by making commitments that I can't fulfill. And then the last point which Shammai says, which applies to Ben Adam and that is, so this is a tremendous idea. And that is, I meet other different people. And it could be that 
in our interaction, it calls me to act or respond differently. Depends what the, what the person is, depends what the person wants. How am I going to make, make sure that there's a minimum standard of anonymous Lechavere? So shall I find that And that is, before I know what the person wants, it's just a greeting. When I greet somebody, it should always be in a pleasant way. Now, how am I going to react to the person afterwards? It depends on the person. It depends on what they're asking me for. It depends on what I think is the right response. And therefore, that's not something which is kavur. But what can be kavur, what can be fixed in how I relate to other people is, I can always greet somebody with a smile. I can always wish them a hello. That's something which I can make a, stand, a fixed, so to speak, part of the way I interact with other people. And then that makes a certain standard as well, which a person can maintain. And being as we just before Yom Kippur, I'm going to last, end with one last point. And that is, this is such an important part of how a person is judged. Because Hashem is not looking to see the once-off that a person tried hard and, and achieved a lot. The one day that they're having a good day and they learned without interruption. Because that's not indicative of the person's future, that's not indicative of the person's level. What's much more of an indication of the person is the things that they can they hold on to. The level which they never go beyond, beneath. The red lines they'll never cross. And the more that a person has fixed, so to speak, fixed uh, demarcations of this is what he's going to do and not change, that becomes something which defines that's what the person's level is, that's where he's holding. The clearest to learn is the amount of terror I learn every day. Some days I'll do more, some days not, but the release from what's my fears, that's something I'll never give up. And something in every other area too. And therefore there's this mail which Shama teaches us. Of course, we learn from the times. Take a step ahead. When a person is motivated to do more. But then I have to think about how am I going to hold on to what I've done that I don't lose it, uh, even when it's difficult, even when I'm pressurized, even when now the circumstances come up, come up. Because it's only the things I hold on to are the things which are really mine. And that's how we see Ashama and Hillel work together to create the greatness of a person.